I would say you have the permission. I'm giving you the permission. Just step away. Take that time off. And then when you come back, then evaluate for yourself. Just do it once. The first is what feels the scariest. Just do it once. You know, the world does not stop. Facebook will not stop scrolling. Things would keep moving. And when you come back, you'll notice that you really didn't miss much. But you feel so much better about what you do. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah Lee Kane, founder of High Fiving Dollars. And I'm Garrett Philbin, the founder of Be Awesome Not Broke. As money coaches, we want to give you a space to explore your relationship with money, the guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear. No topic is taboo. In this episode, we chat with Purnam Leek, co-founder of Content Bistro, a company that writes content for entrepreneurs to help them convert potential clients into customers. We talk about what she did to turn her side business into a full-time venture when her husband fell ill, some of the mindset challenges she had to overcome when it came to growing her income, and how she gives herself permission to thrive in her personal and professional life. We also talk about why keeping your values front and center will help you when you face fear in any kind of financial situation. To find resources we shared in this episode, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co. Get ready, grab a seat, and let's go Beyond the Dollar. Welcome, Perna, to Beyond the Dollar. Thanks so much, Sarah and Garth, for having me here. (laughs) We are just so excited because uh, I personally just love your story and how you scaled a service-based business. And I know that this was something I really had to deal with when I was scaling up mine. So it would just be really interesting for for myself personally and for the audience to really hear um, how that happened. So And for me too. And for oh, me sorry, too. For Don't Garrett forget about me over here. I'm super <laughs> interested in this as well. Sorry. I, I sometimes like just forget that he's in the room. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Garrett. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> so start off with you know, t- talking us through why you decided to start your copywriting business. Oh, gosh. I, you know, honestly, the copywriting business happened way later. Um, I started with a, with a regular mom blog like almost 10 years ago now because I started when my daughter was nine months old. She's 10 now. So, yeah. Um, and I started that because I was, I just needed something to do while I was at home. You know, you know, it, it used to get just really, you know, tiring being, being with a baby the whole day long. And I loved her, but I really needed a creative outlet. So blogging, it was, it was really new and, you know, very easy. And I set up a blogspot blog. It just, took me like probably half a day and I felt very good about myself and um, I started. So that kind of led to, you know, um, that just grew organically really, really well because I probably, you know, the timing was such or maybe my writing was really good. I don't know. but <laughs> I'm sure it was your writing as well. <laughs> uh, it could be both and, right? It could be both. Yes, it could be both. But uh, so it just grew really well organically and I started getting, you know, requests from uh, from people who would read the blog to write for them. And so one thing led to another and I started, I had like a few clients, um, but this was very part-time. And then the blogging then kind of led to, you know, okay, 
at that time I was very active on Twitter. So people started saying, okay, would you do, you know, would you manage Twitter for us as well? So it's like, okay. And took a couple of courses and just started doing like social media and blogging for people. But again, very part-time because my husband was working full-time and um, this was just to keep myself occupied and constructively engaged in the middle of, you know, um, feeding my daughter and changing her diapers. So, um, but then he got sick and uh, he was on bed rest for almost a year and we needed to, yeah, so he had to quit his full-time job. He was with American Express, um, but he was, he had chronic inflammation and his in severe pain. And that was the time when I needed to kind of think, you know, because I'm from corporate too. I worked with Amex and Dell before, but I mean, I needed to take a decision. Did I want to go back to work? Uh, but that wasn't a possibility because like we were just discussing before we hit record, Sarah, we didn't have family close by and um, I couldn't leave my daughter. You know, she was only in part-time preschool at that time and my husband was sick. So I just couldn't, you know, leave her with him either. So um, that's when, when I started reaching out to my very part-time clients and telling them, you know, we're going to be doing this full time now. So if you know of anybody who needs work and, you know, who would want this, um, please send them away. And, um, and I started doing a lot of pitching, you know, good old fashioned email prospecting and pitching. And um, that's how our business started. Copywriting kind of got added to it again, very organically, because after I'd been doing this for a while, I had clients ask me, would you write our sales pages for us? Would you write our emails for us? And I was like, yeah, I can. I mean, I can, but I need to know, you know, like what, what differentiates copywriting from content, like regular content, you know, that I'm writing. So took courses. That's the beauty of the internet. You can take courses for just about anything sitting, you know, from the comfort of your home and you can like really add new skills. And that's exactly what I did. So I took, um, a bunch of different courses, started working for clients, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and you say this so casually. I'm just going to pay you a compliment because I, I, loved, I love the attitude in which you grew it because you're like, well, okay, I'll take this on. I'll take a course, and then I'll build up my skill set, and then I'll go from there. So it's one of those where you took the job anyways, even though you may not have had the skill at the time, but you made sure you learned it. And so, I mean, props to you because there's a lot of people that I talk to, um, unfortunately, sometimes they get so caught up in what they don't know right now that they don't actually take those opportunities. I think a lot of this had all to do with the fact that I did not really have an option. You know, so someone recently asked me, oh, uh, you know, when you were she like she's someone who's in my community she emailed me she's starting her business and she's like you know uh how did you overcome the fear of you know stuff? I said like honestly I had no fear you know because I had no option <laughs> I did not have the you know um what I mean I did not have the luxury to feel that fear I had to kind of jump in and do something so we I started with the worst looking website ever. Uh, you know, it was gray and boring and dull, but it did its job. So when, you know, when I see a lot of people overthink the logo colors or the font, you know, all of that is great. But as if you're not getting results for your clients or if you're not getting clients to begin with, you know, none of this would really matter. So, so I think a lot of, this also has to do with probably where you're at in life maybe, or, you know, um, 
So our backs were against the wall. We had, we'd eaten, 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 like we'd kind of spent all our savings on medical expenses and of course groceries and stuff like that while he was not working. So we had like literally no savings uh, left. And uh, yeah, so we had like, like I said, no option. (laughs) This was it. Well, I think it's almost a both and again, because you mentioned that your backs were against the wall, but also what I picked up when you were first sharing, you threw it as kind of an aside, but you're like, yeah, I just started a blog in a half a day and then had it up there. Most people I talked to wouldn't do that. There's fear around putting themselves out there. There are all the questions of the technical parts, right? Am I going to get the logo color right? So I just want to acknowledge that isn't something that comes naturally or that a lot of people would feel comfortable to do, A, start a blog, and B, be willing to just throw it up in half a day and say, I'm going to put myself out there into the world and be that comfortable with it. So, you know, I think that there are certainly some circumstances that may have pushed you to start the business, but also from what I'm hearing, like there's part of this, um, how do I want to phrase it? part of you that is willing to just put yourself out there and do whatever it takes that was part of your DNA anyway. It's funny you brought it up because I've never really, you know, Sarah knows this. I'm an introvert, a huge introvert. Okay. So it's, I'm an ISFJ for Myers-Briggs geeks out there. And, um, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not something, if you would meet me in person, I would probably not talk to you a lot and you would walk away thinking she's like, the, she's either got like the greatest attitude or maybe she just can't speak. But, um, it takes me a while to open up and, you know, to put myself out there. I don't know, maybe it was the comfort of the, of being behind the screen, (laughs) you know, Uh, or maybe the fact that it was also new to me. I just didn't think that I would be judged that my blog did not have a, it did not even have a header. I mean, it just had like, you know, that it was a blogspot blog. I don't have a screenshot of it. I shared it. it. It was a blogspot blog. It had like the standard header with a box around it. And there was no logo to speak of as such. And that was for the longest time. And I think the first time I hired someone to create like a header for it was after I think I got my first paying client or something like that. So that was the other thing is that I, we bootstrapped it, our business all the way through because again a there was no option and b that's just how we're wired is you know we're gonna put money back once we start seeing some money come in and there are some analogous things there for how people approach money as well which is just get started so progress over perfection which is just put it up there and then it will work and the most important thing is just that you got started so for people who are waiting for the right moment for something to happen, whether it's starting a business, starting a blog, something that they want to do financially and take action. I think that's a really good model that you had, which is just do it. I kind of like saying, screw it, just do it. And then you can always get better as long as you start. Yes, you're so right. You really, really can get better. I'm like, proof of that. I had no idea about this whole blogging, SEO, social media stuff at all, you know, when I started. And I've learned everything, including copywriting and, you know, everything is learnable. Everything is teachable. So um, that's like, again, the beauty of the internet. I'm in India, right? Don't let location, and I say this so often, you know, don't let location don't let money or don't let your know-how hold you back from doing what you think you should be doing. Just jump in, jump in and 
give it a good shot, give it your best, you know, don't, you know, half-hearted attempts aren't going to get you anywhere. You need to give it your best. You need to show up. You need to do the work. It's, uh, it's not just showing up, but you also need to do the work. You need to get your clients those results because you may get that first client pretty easily, but the results that you get that client is what's going to get you clients number two, three, and four. And that's pretty much how we built our business with a client base that's spread across the US, Australia, Canada, and Europe while living in India. I love that because when I when I started my uh, my writing business, I was actually still living in China um, as an expat. And so all of my clients were in the US. And, and it was one of those, I really just had to... <laughs> you know, in other words, I guess, get over it and just just make the call, just send the emails because they don't know I'm over in China or they don't know that, you know, I don't have certain, like it's, it's at the end of the day, it's what do your clients care about? Or, you know, if you're in a nine to five, what does your boss care about? And then you kind of, you just do it, right? So there's that attitude. So which just brings us a really great point because you were talking about, you know, getting your first client and then you're, you know, two, three, four, when you're really growing the copywriting business and, and scaling it, what were some of the mindset challenges you had when you were, were scaling up? Everyone I know is a copywriter. You know, why would someone want to work with me? <laughs> you know, so uh, because I knew a lot of great copywriters and I, you know, I needed to kind of get over myself and, you know, kind of spend some time thinking about what is it that I bring to the table and, you know, what, are, what makes working with me different or, you know, better or just, you know, a more viable solution for, for my clients. So some of the things that, you know, I started to do was looking at my, you know, like I'm big on, because I'm type A, also I'm big on skills and expertise. And, you know, what I wanted to do was really get, you know, get great at, um, at a certain type of copywriting. So, you know, I could then own my, you know, own my authority and have that confidence when I'm talking to prospects because um, copywriting is all about getting results. You know, if your copy is not converting for your client at the end of the day, whether it's for their sales page or their homepage or their emails, if it's not converting, it's not, you know, it's like, I often say this, they're just pretty words on paper. So really, you know, makes no sense. So, so I decided to, I wanted to specialize in conversion copywriting and um, I wanted to have, you know, hard results and data to show clients number two, three, four, um, you know, that I could get them using a process, using my skills, my expertise. And that's what helped me move forward and kind of, you know, go, okay, I'm going to be really, really good at conversion copywriting. And I decided to learn from the best. I, I you know, took, um, took courses from Joanna Veeb of Copy Hackers. She is pretty much the one who invented conversion copywriting. I really did well with her courses and um, got excellent results for my own business, like the emails that I use for my own products and services when we were scaling. And also for my clients, I had like awesome case studies with people having their, you know, strongest launches with my, one of my clients went from 5k a month to 20k a month with her, you know, courses. So I had those kind of numbers. And then automatically your confidence just skyrockets because you know what you're doing is working and you know, you can, you know, then get your clients great results. So that that's exactly what I'm saying. You need to kind of show up and then do the work as well. What I what I got from that is 
you know, you don't have confidence and then do the action. It's almost the other way around in some ways. Like you do the work, you get the result, you feel confident and you just kind of rinse and repeat. I mean, I think, I know I do this a lot and Garrett can chime in as well, is that we, we tend to make things very complicated. You know, and I'm generally speaking, whether it's, you know, growing your income or saving for a house or anything like that, it's just, we tend to feel like it's so complicated, but if you just do the basics, whatever they are for whatever financial goal you have, that's really what it what it is. Garrett, what do you think? Yeah, I would completely agree. And I'm actually curious because I know that you started off as a service-based business, right? And then you decided to scale and kind of turn it into different products. Is that accurate? Just no, I, first and foremost to check. Yeah, I've actually scaled a service-based business. So it's scaled with services. For me, you know, because we talk a lot on this podcast about mindset and approach when it comes to money. And so that idea of, um, you know, you talked about some of the challenges that you had from a mindset perspective, but that to me is one that is interesting from both a business perspective. And I feel like takes a bit of a mindset shift to think of a lot of people when they're working with clients one-on-one, there's kind of a point where you max out. And so that shift on how to get around that is a challenging one. I know it's one that I have thought about, but it seems kind of overwhelming for me, even in my own service-based business. So I'm just curious as to whether you felt like there were blocks for you to overcome in transitioning to be able to scale that. And if there were, like how you were able to do that and build what now you and your husband have created. So we were, you know, doing pretty well and um, we were around the 100, 150K a year mark, which is, which is really good. Um, and one of this, uh, you know, when we decided to scale, one of the things we, the thing is, I love working one-on-one with clients. Yeah. But you're right. You know, there's a point where, you know, you really can't take on more clients. So what really helped us was we, you know, kind of set a challenge for ourselves to see if we could scale to 200 K and beyond without launching, say an e-course. And this was like just a fun thing because a, I did not have the bandwidth to create the e-course and B, we just thought, you know, everybody's jumping on creating e-course and I love e-courses. I've, I will definitely be launching e-courses this year. Um, but this was just for us to kind of see what can we do with a business that's, you know, already at the 100, 150K a mark and can we take it to 200K and beyond with just services? I think sometimes just challenging yourself, testing things out for yourself regardless of what the industry may be saying, can pay off. And that's like the beauty of being an entrepreneur. You know, if it doesn't, you can always go back and you can always revisit and you can always, you know, change paths. So, so we, we decided to do this. And what I did was we did, um, we launched, you know, packages. We launched productized services. Um, so services that people could buy straight off our site and services that, you know, were like, you know, you go into a store and you buy a package. So we could, you know, for instance, I specialize in writing launch copy. So what I created was a full-blown package for everything to do with your launch, whether it was authority content, so I would give you blog posts, whether it was your landing page for your opt-ins or your sales page or your email sequence and even launch strategy, social media updates to share. So I created like a ready-to-go package of services. I would still be working with a client one-on-one, but the thing is that this package was so robust that A, I could afford to charge 
you know, really well for it. And B, I knew exactly how long it's going to take me. I could block time accordingly and I knew how many clients I would need. So that really, really, really helped us to kind of scale to 200K and beyond. Um, last year with productized services, um, that was one. Then I did another one, which was marketing. And then I did another one for website copy. So they were, you know, I did like a bunch of packages, which really took off and we could you know we found that we didn't really have to launch an e-course selling packages was so much easier I was working with fewer clients but making more money that's the dream (laughs) that that is the dream so Perna were there any times if you can't give examples that's okay were there any times where you felt like stuck and when you did what did you do to get unstuck Oh yeah, plenty of times and um, <laughs> stuck and yeah, burnout. Very real parts of uh, of our entire journey. And um, a couple of things that worked really well is kind of realizing that you're stuck and seeing that you're stuck, and you know, just stepping back. And again, being type A and being an ISFJ, it's not easy for me to see this. So it it really, it's so helpful that my husband and I, we work together because he can see that. And um, so, yeah, so that was, um, you know, there was, there was this time when we were working really hard on the business. We had a lot of social media and blogging clients, which was a really good thing, but I was exhausted and burnt out. And I just, is this is this it was you know you know you have to think like this is great this is what i wanted but is this it you know so um we took time off step back and now uh i'd like to think i've kind of gotten really i've gotten better at it not really good at it but better at it but so when i have like a day i still have days when i wake up and i'm i just cannot write i will have i'm distracted I'm, you know, scrolling through Facebook and I know I just can't write. I don't have the focus. And so now I've kind of gotten better at recognizing that it's not working. So I just take a day off. And that's one of the reasons why we've kind of built up now to a stage where I mainly work like four day weeks. So um, I take like a three day weekend and that really helps me bring my best to the writing table, so to speak. But yeah, I would say if you're feeling stuck, the important thing is to kind of recognize that. And if you can't, then probably listen to someone who's close to you. Like in my case, it was my husband who was like, this, this is not working. You need to take time off. You know, it's very easy for us as entrepreneurs to just keep going. And especially if you're, you know, if you're type A, if you're goal driven, if you're, you know, if you've got, so those are my challenges is like, I can I want to just, I can push hard. I love going after big, scary goals. So um, that's what kind of drives me. But it, that's also, you know, what leads to burnout and exhaustion. So you need to be very, very careful about that. I think even if you're just, you know, in a nine to five, not just as an entrepreneur, I think a lot of times, this is something I know I deal with all the time, is, is actually just giving myself permission to take the day off or giving myself permission to say, okay, I will do a four-day work week, which is what I what I started doing as well. And <laughs> to be honest, it was like really freaking hard <laughs> for the first month that I did it, right? And so if someone were struggling in that, like in, in giving themselves permission, because obviously you've seen the benefit of that. And I think, you know, whoever's listening out there, 
if they were scared to, let's say they were burned out or, you know, stressed about debt payoff or, or things like that. And the solution was is to give themselves permission to take a day off or give themselves permission to just back away for, you know, a day. Like, what would you say if they found it like super hard to do that? I would say you have the permission. I'm giving you the permission, you know, just step away. Here's the permission that you need. Just take that time off. And then when you come back, then evaluate for yourself. Just do it once. The first is what feels the scariest. Just do it once. You know, the world does not stop. You know, Facebook will not stop scrolling. Things would keep moving. And when you come back, you'll notice that you really didn't miss much. And, but but you feel so much better about what you do. And here's the thing. So we're, you know, and that's, you know, when we had these burnout things, you know, so we decided as a family that for us, travel is huge. So you need to kind of figure out, you know, what, what makes you tick and what's your big why, you know, for growing this business. I mean, sure, the money is great, but what would you do with that? Yeah. Uh, so for us, it was, so we started the business when, you know, and your why again, this is something, you know, I, tell like a lot of people is your why can change. So when we started our business, my why was very different. It was because I wanted to stay at home, um, obviously make a living, uh, take care of my husband, help him get, you know, healthy again. That was my why. During the middle, our why changed to we wanted to buy our house, but we wanted to do it mortgage free. So, you know, that was my big why is that, you know, we need to, you know, we don't want, we don't do debt. We don't, you know, we want to, to get like a second home and invest in that and, you know, but didn't want the mortgage. So that was what was, you know, that was my why. Right now, my why is our daughter's education, college education. She's in grade five, but yes, type A. Um, and to travel. So, you know, that's our big why. So you kind of need to figure out what's driving you in this particular season of life and then use that to kind of motivate you. Um, and like I said, the first time you do something, that always feels scary. So the first time I took a three-day weekend, I felt I was, I was doing something wrong. You know, this is like, I'm, I never missed classes in college. I was a straight-A student, university topper, all of the yeah, goals. So I was, you know, I felt, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm breaking some kind of a rule, you know, you know we have, we're all in this to hustle. And that's like kind of the flip side of the internet is that it paints this picture where everybody is working so hard all the time that when you take time off, you feel like you don't, you know, you're breaking some kind of secret code or something like that. And that's not how it is. Everybody takes time off. Everybody is relaxing. Everybody has days when they don't get out of bed and, you know, sit there and watch Netflix. Uh, maybe it's just me, but that's fine. You know, just do what, you know, recharges you. Um, and you'll notice that when you come back, you feel so good that you you kind of get addicted to uh, balancing the hustle with coasting along kind of thing. And that's, and that's fine. I like to, I want, I want to get to that point where I, where I like to balance the hustle with the coasting. I'm, I'm, I think I'm almost there. <laughs> what about you, Garrett? <laughs> I'm like, me too, sign me up. But now I have permission from her. So there you go. <laughs> I'm going to go take a couple three-day weekends here yeah. in the not-too-distant future. I love it. Yeah, In your answer, you mentioned that keeping your core values top of mind, partly your why, and but also the things um, that you really value has been really important. And I think you did use the words like growing your business the right way. 
why is that such an important thing for you? And how has that served you in keeping those so front and center? I feel business is is very word of mouth. You know, it's not just, you know, the kind of services and the products you have, but also the kind of reputation and the legacy that you're building. You want people to kind of associate you with your business is, is who you are. And one thing we were very clear about right from the start, even when we were like literally nobody online, was we wanted, you know, our business to reflect who we were in our personal lives. So that meant being good financial stewards, which means no debt. We built our business with zero debt. We intend keeping it that way. And we're very, you know, I'm very clear about this with people who want to work with us as well. I don't like, I, not like, I wouldn't want someone to go into debt to want to work with us. And there have been instances, several instances where I have, you know, gotten on a prospect call and someone's like, you know, I don't have the money, but, um, but that's okay. I can take like a, you know, I can put it on my card or I can do this or I can do, I'm like, no, I feel, you know, that's something that's very cool for us because again, that's pretty much how we built our business. And that's our financial, uh, our, um, one of our core values. The other one is integrity. You know, if you say something, you need to kind of honor that, whether it's your delivery timelines, it could be something as small as that. So, you know, you're not dropping the ball on deadlines. You're not, you know, if a client signs up for something, they know exactly what they're getting. So your values say a lot about how you do business. And that kind is also what kind of translates when people talk about you, because um, when people refer us, you know, I really like it when they say, okay, you know, um, they're super professional or, you know, they're really warm and friendly and they make you feel at home or they get great results and, you know, she's always delivered on time. Those are the things that make me really happy is to see that, is that the values that we've kind of built our business with are translating in some, we don't tell our clients, oh, our values are, I never have those conversations (laughs) with anyone, you know, but it just kind of shows, trickles down into how you do your business. So you kind of need to be clear on that, um, especially if you're, in, if you're in this for the long game. I mean, we've been in business now full time for seven years. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Perna, for coming on Beyond the Dollar. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I had a blast. And yeah, I hope this was helpful and everybody enjoys it. Hey, everyone. We hope you got a lot out of Perna's chat with us today on Beyond the Dollar. And as always, we'd love to leave you with a parting question. So please let us know. Twitter at Beyond Dollar Pod or email us hello at beyondthedollar.co. So today's question is, what is one of your core values and how do you intend on using that to guide your financial life? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And if you can think of one awesome human who would connect with what we talked about today, we'd love you forever if you shared this episode with them. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.